After years of burnout and overwhelm, Elena Janes knew it was time for a change to create balance in her life again. Come along as she walks us through a two-year journey to create and maintain balance while still running a successful photography business. Welcome to the Success Beyond the Lens podcast. I'm Jen Bays. And I'm Sabrina Chapman. And, and we're, we're your, your hosts host this, this season. season. We're so excited about the season and all the incredible guests we've had on. This season, we are diving into several topics with various professional photographers across the nation. From talking about the importance of balance to successful mini sessions, building a national brand, and more. Our goal was for you to walk away with tangible tips, inspiration, and resources to grow your own photography business. So grab your emotional support water bottle or your favorite mug and let's dive into this season. Welcome to the Success Beyond the Lens podcast. Elena, thank you so much for coming on with Sabrina and I today. Hey, I'm excited. Awesome. So tell us a little bit about yourself, your business, all of that fun stuff. Okay. I'm Elena James. I'm based here in Elizabethtown, Kentucky, and I'm a portrait photographer. I kind of dabble in mostly like newborns, families, couples, seniors, and recently retired from being a wedding photographer. And this is my 12th year. Wow. Which is crazy. <laughs> I realized it had been that long. I, I just moved from E-Town and I was like, I know that name sounds familiar. Yeah. So E-Town, I'm like, oh, duh. Okay. Yeah. That's, right <laughs> yeah, that's me. Yeah. Sabrina <laughs> left me. Made me real sad. <laughs> <laughs> Understood. So uh, let's talk about what I really want to dive into with you today, Elena, okay. is one of the things that I just so commend you for is you have really created a business over the last few years that you take a break from, you have balance between your work and life. You do so much like travel. You and your husband are such a hoot. Tell me the process from like 12 years ago, you started what that looked like to really creating a life of balance now. Okay. So I'll give you kind of a cliff notes of that because it's a weird fun ride, but I never thought, like in the beginning, I picked up a camera as a hobby. So let me preface this by saying me and my husband are like, do not have children. We're the aunties and the uncles. That's not in our life plan. We're, you know, in our 40s or late 30s. So that I don't have to balance. I need that to be very clear for all the people listening to this. I'm not balancing childcare, things like that. But generally, balancing a business is hard no matter who you are. (laughs) So so when I very first started, I picked up a camera as a hobby and I started posting terrible pictures, like as I took of walking my dog. And that literally snowballed into a business bigger than what I could handle over the course of, I don't know, five years. That first five years was incredible. And then the last five years, I would say I've worked on balancing and like pivoting, making shifts to make it easier for me. So I dove right in. I loved it. I'm a people person. Everything like connected, aligned. Like this is, and I know this is what I'm supposed to be doing. Like this is my passion and my placement in the world that just kind of happened upon me. It was like beautiful serendipity, but it was a lot and it was hard. And then about five years in, I felt like I was drowning and I felt that way for, I don't know, year five, six, seven, eight. Nine, (laughs) you know, it kept going. And a lot of people do feel that way. And I was no exception to that whatsoever. So I was really into the hustle culture, 
I needed to like have my client. And you do, you know, you do have to make your client base. You do have to establish yourself. You do have to like really hone in on your talents and what you're good at and what you're not. So that's just a process. You can't go around like everyone has to do that. But then I just was miserable living my dream life. And that sounds so silly, but it was 100% true. I was burnt out. I was tired. I was anxious. I felt constantly overwhelmed. And like, that was nobody but me, baby. Like I was doing that to myself. That was very much a, it's me. Absolutely. Yes. So my big pivot started about two years ago. And I decided to retire from being a wedding photographer. And that did not come lightly. It was a really hard decision, but I knew something had to give, like something somewhere. I couldn't do this alone. I didn't want to, my husband at the time, like this was our only income. He was like my assistant slash wedding assistant, did my taxes, you know, all those sort of behind the scene things and still was so exhausted. And I was not okay with outsourcing my editing like it feels personal to me you know all these things were personal to me so it was easier for me to say goodbye to 20 brides 30 brides a year than it was for me to say goodbye to 200 plus families I see a year and plus watching them grow and like things like that so in 2021 about mid-season I announced I was no longer taking any more uh, wedding bookings in 2022, I still had a full year wedding booking. So oh, you know, yeah, was for sure. Quite a bit in advance. So last year was still very, very busy. So this year is my first year not having weddings, having weekends to myself. And I book four days a week with clients. And I call that extra day kind of my swing day. Right. Like it can move around. It can be flexible. But man, I'm a new person. <laughs> Like I am a new person. I don't feel burnt out. Like around this time of year, working up, hyping up for the fall season, I was already like pre-tired, you know, I do not feel that way. I have a lot more time to focus on my clients and like things like that. So that was the biggest pivot for me. I just couldn't keep up. It wasn't sustainable. And I just was just truly drowning. Now, did I enjoy weddings? Absolutely. I was the hype girl. I was the high energy girl at your wedding. Like I loved it. But you know, all of that back work was, I was drowned again. And I am incredibly type A. (laughs) So to have like a snowball of workload was another whole separate anxiety issue of itself. And I didn't like that. This constant struggle to keep up, like to have a decent turnaround time, to be great to my clients. Uh, was impossible. It was an impossible standard for me. Some people do much better with that. I don't. And plus just having time just to exist wasn't there for me. (laughs) You know, just to be, just to read. Like I didn't, I was too driven to have work done that I couldn't relax. That's the best way about it. So while we are very travel focused as a couple, like that's the only way I could escape. Mm -hmm. And I didn't like that feeling to having to escape a job that I absolutely adored. I didn't like that feeling. So that's where that kind of started. That was a, that was a big movement in like balancing my workload. Now, did I cut half of my income out? Yes. Yes, I did. Would I do it again? Absolutely. Like I'm much happier. I budgeted accordingly, you know, to do all of this and still live comfortably. So that was part of the planning process too. But unfortunately, this was like a two year pivot. It wasn't immediate. Mm-hmm. But I'm just this year, I'm just now feeling it and whew, it feels so good. <laughs> it feels so good. The first five years, you say you were just so busy, you were kind of drowning. 
were you super busy because you just had that many clients you couldn't keep up with? Or was it more like the back work, like the workflow, following up with clients, editing, things like that? Or was it just uh, a mixture of both? I would say it was a combination. When I started taking clients, this was back in 2010, 11, 2011. And it was literally just someone saw a terrible picture I posted and said, hey, would you photograph my family? And I said, yes. And I charged $50. And nice. <laughs> I that snowballed very quickly. So like started and it was like an, an immediate. So I'm going to contribute that to very hard work and a lot of luck. Like I have, there's no secret recipe here. Like that's just how it kind of landed for me. So after the first year of doing that, after my full-time job, I had turned 30 and I quit my full-time job on a whim. Do not recommend. <laughs> and so that next two years, I felt that I had to really work as hard as possible to make up for that income loss and then to ensure that I gave this try my all. So this mm-hmm. kind of turned into I at least have to try, right? Like I at least have to try. I won't forgive myself if I don't try. So those first two, three, four, five years was that like, I want to make this work. I got to make this work. And it did. And it was wonderful and amazing and exhausting and (laughs) awful all at the same time. (laughs) So I would say definitely a combination of those things. I was self-taught in the beginning process. So while I'm also like dealing with clients and editing, I was teaching myself at the same time. And so when you Mm -hmm. throw that in the loop, there's a lot of late Mm -hmm. nights. So yeah. my normal work day was like 10 a.m. to 3 a.m. to, to 3 a.m. The next day. That was normal sure. constantly. And that does not do well. You know that old saying, like owning your own business, you have the flexibility to choose what take, what 18 hours a day you work. <laughs> that, was, that was me, but it doesn't have to be. But that was absolutely me for many, many years. I think it's so important. One of the points that you made was the shift to go from uh, – that overwhelmed, burnt out to really feeling that balance again really took two years. And I think that's something that yes, we don't talk about enough. Like, like I'm, I mean, if you follow me on, on social media, you all know, like I am big on balance. I'm big on, you know, making that shift, but it's something that it takes time and it takes intention. It's not like we wake up one day and all of a sudden, oh, it's like rainbows and butterflies. It took budgeting. It took right. planning. It took yeah. announcements. It took, you know, working through those clients. So can you talk to me, like you made the announcements that you were no longer booking weddings. From there, what did planning look like for you for the next 18 months after that announcement to really set you up for your pure success? Okay. So for me personally, I really focused on budget was a big one. You know, like I had to be able to live comfortably with half the income that I was used to bringing in. So I really worked on budgeting bills, keeping my debt to income ratio as low as possible. I don't want to feel like this is a big change for me. I wanted to continue on, you know, I always want to travel, things like that. So budgeting was big. Secondly, I did it kind of in phases. So I also stopped taking new clients that weren't a client I had already photographed. So that kind of helped with my booking system to keep it manageable. A problem I also had, and I wouldn't want to say it's a problem. It's a blessing for small business owners to say, I am so booked. Like I'm so busy. Booked and busy is amazing, but that's not end goal for me. I also want to exist and live, (laughs) you know, in between, enjoy my time. So 
while that was a main focus in the beginning of my business, it's not so much now. It was constant like outrolls of announcements. I wouldn't say I had it like on a calendar. Right. I'm not that organized, but I had it organized in my mind. <laughs> and then that winter following is when I hooked up with you, Jen, and you set me up with a new booking platform. So Success Beyond the Lens helped me set up something that, oh, this part is life-changing for me. It was last year and it is now. Literally amazing. So I use the platform called Session. It's similar to HoneyBook and other ones you do. This one's just kind of like a, a simpler platform that works perfect for me. But basically, this took a lot of my um, administrative work and it put it more in an automation process for those that have never used it. So you can go onto my website. You can see my complete calendar. You can book yourself. You can pay your deposit. It sends you a prep guide that they made for me. It collects my retainer. It sends reminders. It collects the balance. <laughs> that is at least at minimum 10 to 15 hours of administrative work per week. I no longer have to do. Now, I absolutely still talk with my clients about their session. You know, there's still that intimate talk, but all the stuff that is just basic things. I was basically having the input that by hand and sending out links and like scheduling myself. And that was an absolute nightmare. Um, which immediately, you know, I had a lot of guilt. I'd overbook myself again. This is a me problem, right? But that alone was a huge, huge, huge shift in order for me to have less time doing those sort of tasks, more time to like have coffee on the back porch and relax and read in the mornings before I dove into my work day or, you know, vice mm -hmm. versa. I can see my calendar on my phone like I used to be. I write it down with a pencil person. Mm -hmm. I still am a little bit. But, you know, I can <laughs> see everything on the go. I can see my whole week. I can move stuff around. And so, and my clients can see what I have available. It's like, I think they love it too. They can see everything. It's easier to book. So it still books quickly, but it's not quite as quickly as it was like in previous years when I was just taking on too much work. Mm -hmm. So a big part of it is I can set, you can set your own boundaries on said platform, which is amazing. So I allow like four bookings per week. I am 41. So I'm too old to be doing two or three sessions a day. Like some people do that. I will do that. I have done that. I don't like to do that, right. you know, so now that really carves out some time and then it just blocks out the week for me when those four sessions that week have been booked and I, I don't have to say, <laughs> sorry, I just need a little bit of free time. Yeah. You know? I think a big, a big thing for me is your availability and your free time are not the same. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> and that's a, that is a life lesson I've had to learn. And that is something I would love for everyone to say, you know, like that is such a huge mindset shift just because I have a day off that is not available to book. And, you know, we all need free time. I think my clients wouldn't be mad that I have free time. I think I'm a better photographer now that I do. I think overall, I'm just my best self or my better self. I feel like myself at all times, not stressed out. I don't feel like I have to like take deep breaths and put on my put on my extroverted face before I get out of the car. I just am. And that's a nice feeling. I think that kind of takes some guilt out of it too. When you go ahead and set your schedules in whatever platform you use, like, you know, if a client comes to you and asks, do you have this date available? Instead of saying, no, sorry, I don't. Mm -hmm. they, they can just go ahead and see it and yes. you don't have to deal with 
you know, letting somebody down or having the guilt because I know me personally, personally, I'd be like, well, you know, in my head, I really wanted that day off, yeah, but right. you know, I guess I squeeze them in, but that makes it so much easier. And you can set it up however you want. Like, I don't necessarily have certain days of the week off. It's just kind of like my little mm-hmm. flex day. It doesn't matter to me. But yes, that is a giant one. A giant. <laughs> it takes mm-hmm. a lot of pressure off yourself having to say no. And I'm not like, I wouldn't ever classify me as a people pleaser. Like, I do want to do a good job. Like, I do mm-hmm. want to be authentic, but yet remain reliable and dependable. Like that's a kind of fine balance, but those are the most important values to me and my business. And in order to get there, I think you have to have those boundaries in place because if I don't respect my time, then no one else's either. You know, it doesn't work the other way around. No, no. That's something that Sabrina and I have talked about a lot as, you know, she's the employee on my team. She's an incredible asset to, to the team and her clients but it's something I talk to my, my team too, is your boundaries are only as firm as you make them. If you aren't going yes. to, up, if you aren't the one that's holding to them, if you're not the one that's, you know, logging off at a certain time, you're the people you work with are going to see that. And they are not even there. It's not done maliciously. People aren't running over your boundaries right. maliciously. It's simply, if right. you don't respect mm-hmm. them, then they're going to be like, all right, well, you know, then I'm going to reach out or I'm going to expect to be able to book mm-hmm. when I want to. And Like Mm -hmm. to your point, being able to have a system that says no, or not even says no, but just, you know, this is the availability. This is what you get to choose on period. The end is, is so beneficial to helping maintain and implement those boundaries without the guilt. Like you guys. Yes. A hundred percent. And for me, so I released my calendar for the year. A lot of people, like some people do it quarterly, you know, it doesn't matter how you do it. That does require a bit of planning on my part. Like I have to really think about my entire year and kind of block off dates and like when I'm going to travel, like that is absolutely pre-planned. I don't want people to think like I just decided to up and take a two week trip somewhere. Like that was six months, eight months, nine months planned out for that time to be off. Mm -hmm. And that still works for me. But for other people, you know, when you are thinking, when you are like having to think about childcare, like school, things like that, I encourage my friends to all like do smaller bits, release mm-hmm. like quarterly schedules. And that still gives you some flexibility. But yes, that is my best. When you respect yourself and your boundaries, other people will. I was so nervous. Here's a good example. <laughs> I was so nervous to say I wasn't taking weddings. I was, I was scared. I was scared. That is a huge part of my business and my income. That's a huge audience, you know, big one. And you know, when I announced it, what I got back was support Mm -hmm. and encouragement and love. And I was so thankful. I was like, and I got emotional. I still will get emotional like talking about it because that is not what I was expecting. And, you know, people really like applauded that boundary move and no one, like there wasn't a lot of pushback any pushback, to be honest with you, but I was just authentic in my reasons why, like, I'm just one person, like, I love it. But, you know, I got to make some choices of what's best for me in my life, because I have no problem putting myself first. I live a very selfish life most of the time, you know, we don't have kids, we travel, it's very self focused. And I have no problem with that. But it was a little harder for me to make that pivot with my business. Um, But again, like, I got back such respect and love and encouragement 
that I could cry thinking about it. Like, I'm just so thankful. And I think that that's a scary thing in a business owner's head, but we're all out here rooting for you too. You know, we just want you, we just, I want every business owner in my life to have that support and encouragement for what's best for their business. And then they're just a better business owner. They're better at their craft, whatever that is. And the same goes for when you charge accordingly. And so I will tell people like, please, you are not doing anybody any favors being too cheap. Yeah. You know, don't undervalue yourself. Again, when you value yourself and your work, other people will. It is not Mm -hmm. the reverse way. And I think that is mine was a slow increase over time as it will always be as any businesses. I am not special in this way, Mm -hmm. but I have consistently done it to what I thought was best for me. And of course, this is very personal to everybody's business, your overhead, your costs, whatever, you know, but this was also very intentional. This didn't just happen to me, you know, like I've really planned for all these things to happen. My business plan is simple. I work a lot. A lot of my businesses run out of my home and I run a debt-free business. So I don't have any payments to anything, you know, like besides like, you know, just your normal cost. And that is another pivotal move that takes a lot of stress off of, you know, what you have to make at the end of the day, um, what you can live off of, what success means to you. Because again, that is all such a personal thing. Those things were also very big, big, big. Um, into getting where I am now, which is not like, you know, the end game for me. I have no idea what my life will look like in five years, but you know, I'm just giving me that flexibility to be able to pivot and not put myself in a box. I'm just going to go, go with where the wind blows kind of. (laughs) I love that. I think, um, you are one of the, and I say, I say this lightly because like you and it's, it's so important to know, like everyone's success looks so much different and it is such a personal thing, but you're one of the most successful photographers that I know that went, you're welcome, that really went in a different direction Mm -hmm. than a lot of the photographers that I've worked with that I follow. And I mean, I've been in the photography industry as a, as an outsider for almost six years. And I would love to know what, and and I, and I think I already have a clue, but tell me what made you choose this route for success instead of building an associate wedding team and keep taking weddings under, you know, and having someone under your brand and still have that income or build a team. What made you decide to look at success this way and really plan for this intentionally instead of building, you know, a big team? Mm-hmm. Okay. So I think a lot of this has to do with photography for me is so vulnerable and so personal that it has to be me. <laughs> it has to be me with them. It has to be me experiencing them and them experiencing me to get what I want to put my name on. There is no hate. I appreciate and love everyone that's built this as a business with employees. That's great for them. But that feels big box to me. And I'm not that person. That's not a value for me. While making monetarily a certain amount of money is wonderful. That is not my number one goal, I guess. I do. Let me be clear. I have to live. I want to travel. I want to like, I'm not saying that money's not important because it absolutely is, but that's not my end game. My end game for me is to put out art that is emotionally driven 
Like, I want you to look at a picture I've taken and feel something. And that's hard to do when you have multiple people you're training to do things your way. When for me, it is absolutely so personal. I, I don't know if that would even transfer to another person. And I don't want to, I don't want to, I think the end game here for me is it is personal and intimate and vulnerable, no matter what I'm photographing, you know, for newborns, for instance, I love newborns. They're so hard. They're so wonderful. They're so beautiful. And I want that little bitty baby somehow to like pitch in the feels, you know, I want that picture to like mean something and to like have a feeling behind it. So. I also don't do many sessions that are themed. Now that's great for some people, but like I don't do Easter minis, Christmas minis, like anything like that. I love that people do that, but that is not for me. Like I want something that you are going to look at in 30 years and be like, oh my gosh, I want something that's going to hang on your wall. I want something that someone in a different generation of your family, hopefully we'll see, you know? So like those sorts of things are wonderful. Families love them. But again, that's not in my wheelhouse. I don't want it to be. <laughs> I never will. Mm-hmm. So I think bottom line, like I feel like I've really blabbered here, but I think bottom line is this is very personal to me and it has to be me. This is a small batch product I'm putting out or however you want to look at it. And it has to be us together doing that, not associates. I don't want to rent buildings. I don't want, just don't want that. And that's just a personal preference. Like I'm, you know, I'm very happy for them and whatever they're doing. And the same was even when I was with wedding, I would have second shooters. Yes. But was it mainly me? Yes. Because I'm a control freak. (laughs) There's answer number two. I like things my way. So (laughs) I will do it and I will go, I will take on too much to ensure that it's done the way that I like it. But I'm okay with that. That's fine with me. Cause I need it to be, I need it to meet a certain standard and you can, you can um, delegate that out sometimes. And then sometimes you can't. Um, second thing I feel like is a little bit, this ties in a little bit is I am not really, really deep into the photographer community. I love them. I support them. I refer them. I love them. Um, but I'm not in a lot of groups. I don't, I used to, I used to go to all the conferences and all the training and all those sort of things, you know, in Las Vegas, we super fun, right? But amazing. I used to do a couple workshops, but like, I don't do my job to impress other photographers. I do my job to impress my clients and that's it. And that mindset also is a big one because you can get really lost in that niche of wanting to create a name for you amongst the community. You can really get lost in that niche of putting work out there that's just for other photographers. And that's fine. That's just not me. So I think that's a double Mm -hmm. tie-in. Like I am very, very uh, front-facing, client-based. I have photographer friends. You know, I have plenty. Support them, love them, clap for them. But I'm not working for their recognition. And that makes a big difference. I think personally, if you look at the end goal, I'm not always, I want the money shot. I want the, you know, I want the amazing photo, but I don't want it for clout or like to impress others. It is for me and my clients only. So Mm -hmm. that takes a lot of pressure off of yourself to just exist and be and like really focus on the client and, you know, 
their experience with you. It takes a lot of pressure and like outside, it keeps you out of the box as well. You can kind of just do what you want. So I'm just over here minding my business. That's what I'm doing. I'm just over here staying in my lane, minding my business, doing what I want. And honestly, it's really worked out. (laughs) So do you get a lot of referrals by word of mouth then if you're not, you know, in in a lot of the photographer groups and stuff? Um, Yes. um, You know, you work well. So a big part of building my client base was referrals and Um, When I first started, Facebook was really big and my Facebook business page really took off. So I had a ton of followers there. I'm not as active on social media as I should be. Let me be clear. Like, do I have a TikTok? Yes, it sucks. Like, I'm not, you know, like, no, I don't post a lot on there. I have an Instagram that I post to, but am I like consistent? No, like I need to be. (laughs) Like, But those first five years of genuinely um, word of mouth referrals and Facebook were the main things that I would say really initiated a lot of my client base that I have now. Mm-hmm. Also, when I'm with a client, I am absolutely concentrated on making them feel comfortable. So this is this is my personality. So I can easily read another person without problem. My intuition is good. So I can immediately tell if they're introverted, nervous, extroverted, need me to hype, need me to calm down. Like I know that intuitively. So when I make my client feel comfortable, their pictures come out better and then they have a better experience. Mm -hmm. You know, it's always about, it's not what you did. It's how you made them feel. And that is very, very, very important to me. And that again, helps with referrals, with, you know, return customers. They have my undivided attention and I will do whatever it takes. I can not have a lot of pride sometimes, the things I have to do, but for children, especially. (laughs) I'm not rigid. I'm chill when we're together. You know, I can, I can feel what needs to happen next in order for this to roll smoothly. And that also makes a big difference. I think with your client base is because I love them and they love me. And that is just so wonderful. Not all of them. I'm sure some of them wouldn't say that, but (laughs) for the most part, yes, (laughs) that is a big, a big thing. I help necessary, you know, to have that repeat without someone just price shopping or like, because I got myself out of that as quickly as possible. If you're looking for the cheapest, it will not be me. But I'll hear some other people, like, I'll be happy to refer you. But that ain't me, baby girl. You know, love you so much. <laughs> but, you know, in the beginning, I probably was. You know, I was just very first starting. You're, I had no idea what I was doing. This kind of came as a surprise. <laughs> so I'm just blabbering at this point. But I think all of those things in a combination make a big difference. Being a client from the client side, I would have to agree. Like, if I'm getting photographed, I need you to be personal to me and like, you know, cause I, I will be nervous and I won't know what to do. I'm like, okay, how do I put my hands and how do I smile and where do I look? And to help me, to guide me and to be personable with me, I think that is a really big. Yes. It's huge because I'm nervous when someone takes my picture. I don't like my picture taken. So yes, it, yeah. it is absolutely, it has to be that way. And I'm also very I direct in a way that makes you move into doing what I want you to do. And you're not really thinking about it. It's not <laughs> stiff, you know, like I will, I will take the pictures where everyone's standing and smiling at me, you know, mm-hmm. but that's not my end game. I want the candid. I want the movement. I want the feeling because 
I don't want to photograph what you look like. I want to photograph who you are. And that takes a bit. It's a lot more than what people think. It's not surface level. You know, it is. So I have, we have to talk and I will direct you in a way that gets you to move without me just posing you stiffly. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And then piggybacking kind of off of Jen's question, like what made you take this route rather than the wedding and associate route? What made you choose family portraits and newborns over the wedding? Like I know that you kind of touched on how much back work goes into weddings. Is that kind of the reason why you decided to ditch the weddings and go? Um, No, weddings in general are the um, most profitable of any photography Mm -hmm. um, niche that you choose. So I could have made more money only doing weddings and having more free time. But here's why. For me personally, I would get bored doing the same thing every weekend. I would get complacent. I would feel this is more as a task than it was an experience. If I only did that over and over and over and over and over, it would be too repetitive for me. Like yeah, my ADHD habits, my tendencies, you know, my spiciness needs a little bit of change all the time. I want to be doing something different all the time. And that keeps me a on my toes. I'm always learning. I have more ideas. And I have like more, it's the creative will is spinning more often than just like working on Saturdays, doing basically the same timeline as mm-hmm. I did the weekend before. So, yeah, but the energy at weddings, I loved working with the people I loved, like the back work is a lot, but I had it kind of down to a science. It was the weddings along with seeing four or five clients per week in the middle and then doing another wedding mm-hmm. was too much. So the reason I shifted more to families, newborns, portraits, seniors, is that I have a lot of variety in my work week. I can, again, I can be creative. I'm doing something different. So I'm not getting bored. And that is a personality thing. You know, like other people might really, really love to work every single weekend and like do the same thing and have it down to a science and have off Monday through Friday from front facing with clients. You know, they're not off work, but. You're not, mm-hmm. And that works out amazing for some artists. And I'm going to attribute that to a, a good personality fit. I also had a really giant client list of amazing families, amazing kids, amazing couples that, you know, I saw yearly or every six months as their baby grew that are like in my heart, like I loved them. And I could not, I could not say no to, I couldn't walk away from that. It was just, it was too personal. And I just love to see how people grow throughout their life, however that may be, whether it be with kids or a new puppy or their 90th birthday. Those are so important. A wedding is a very important. Like, let me be clear. But those normal, like mm-hmm. normal life is so gorgeous. And I feel like that's really overlooked. And like, it's beautiful. And like, it should be shown so artistically, you know, romanticize your life, baby. You know, like this is gorgeous just walking down the sidewalk of your neighborhood with your kids or with your dog or with your spouse or hell by yourself you know just existing has a lot of beauty in it and that is overlooked to me I think we romanticize these big moments which are great but the little moments are what matters to me yeah I love that I love that your business is so personally and emotionally driven. I I think like it was mm-hmm. such a good point that you made that you're not in the groups and you're not following the the influence because I feel like 
when you're constantly comparing yourself to other photographers or the big influencers, you almost, it's almost like, even if you're an incredible photographer, it's not good enough. Mm -hmm. It's not, it's not their level. So you have to keep, and that keeps you in that hustle lifestyle that I just, you know, like you said, you, you have, you go through seasons of hustle, but to have that hustle lifestyle is exhausting and you don't, you don't, I don't feel like you can feel successful. And I love that so much of your business is personally driven. And the, and the story, like we had family photos done two years ago and I wanted what you're talking about. I wanted it out on the farm, showing us feeding the horses, hanging out. Like that's the story that I want my son to grow up with. Like, yes, I loved our wedding day and it was very special in its Mm -hmm. own way. But what I want to sit and look back on and as an 80 year old grandma, maybe grandma, we'll see, you know, rocking in my chair is, is the, the time that he wrapped us up in rope on, you know, and my husband and I are kissing or, you know, we spent an evening with the horses, you know, that's the kind of stuff, like you said, that I'm going to remember, you know, 50 years from now. Yes. A hundred percent. Yes. And like, life is just so I don't know. It's fleeting. Like, I don't want to sound like a Pinterest board, you know, like time passes so quickly. And sometimes that's all you have left. And again, I don't want to sound like a Pinterest quote, (laughs) but you know, it's true. Like some of my favorite photos that I have, some of my most treasured things are the, of the most important people in my life. Like my grandma, my aunt, that was like my person, you know, those photographs I took of her, those things I have of her. Whew. Those are treasures for me. And so I hope that Mm -hmm. I hope that's what I'm giving to my clients, those treasures without sounding. Well, and I think you can do that because you, like you said, it's a small batch. I love that you use like bourbon terms. That was amazing. Like it's, it's small (laughs) batch. It's, it's something intentionally, it's intentionally created to have this in beautiful experience. It's not something that, you know, you're going to want to do $2 shots on, you know, Friday nights. Right. <laughs> right. I am not, I'm not that I don't ever want to be that person. And like that, I think that mind shift change that makes such a big difference. It takes a lot of pressure off of mm-hmm. you too. Like a lot of people, and I felt this way too. Like you wanted to post a session every day. You wanted to, even if you weren't busy, appear busy, you know, And I get that like validation, that external validation from the internet. I had that. I was that, but I'm not no more. Right. (laughs) I will post and edit. Like now, listen, I still have good turnaround time. Like most of my sessions are seven or 10 days, you know, turnaround time, sometimes longer if I have a lot going on, but usually not. But I'm not like rushing to post it, rush to share it, wrote, you know, rushing like those sort of things I felt that pressure with. And like slowing down and taking more time and making each thing more personal. Small batch, like let's coin that term. Yeah, I let's love that. Small batch photography business. <laughs> but that's exactly what it is. Awesome. Well, I have so thoroughly enjoyed just hearing your story and really just, you know, work-life balance obviously has such a bigger impact than just feeding into your life, which is of course, you know, that's the goal, but it allows you to create this beautiful, incredible experience for your clients too. So tell us where our audience can find you, hang out with you when you want to be there and, you know, see all of your travel excursions. Most of my daily life, I'm more active on Instagram. 
per, you know, a geriatric millennial as myself. So my Instagram handle is just my name. I'm Elena James. Um, my website's the same, elenajames.com. On Facebook, you can be my friend if you would like. Um, and my business page is Elena James Photography. That's really it. I'm not even going to tell you other ones because I'm not even like my TikTok's embarrassing. <laughs> Don't look me up. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> Don't even look there. Okay. <laughs> so I always like to wrap up our episodes with three quick fire questions. My first question is what is your favorite business tool? Oh, well, okay. Listen, this is going to require some editing because I'm going to have to really think about that. I, honestly, I do think my favorite business tool, like running a business, the integral part of it is really using session, mm-hmm. that platform, number one, that, that, that takes off more work off my shoulders than anything else or using some sort of customer based program, whatever it may be. You know, there's a ton. I know that Jen, you do multiple different ones, HoneyBook. I don't remember all the others. There's a thousand. Yeah, there's so many. But having that set up and like knowing it, like I had to learn mm-hmm. it, of course, but and then, but mm-hmm. like actually utilizing all the tools that comes with it. It sounds so boring, but man, it's life changing. Like I do it a thousand times over and I'm mad at myself that I didn't do it sooner because I was intimidated and that's dumb. (laughs) That was the dumbest thing ever. Um, well, I'm a systems girly. So, I mean, that's like my favorite answer ever. And I do, I love session. Listen, y'all, I, you guys know I'm a big HoneyBook Dubsado advocate, but if you have a simple process of opening a calendar, sending reminders, needing a contract and retainer, and there's not a lot of fluff in your workflow, your automations, like session is such an incredible platform. It really, really is. Amazing. And the people that made it are photographers or in the industry. So they know, and they are constantly doing updates. There's customer service is good. Like I'm not trying to make this a commercial, but it should be. And mine (laughs) is because I'm just a, because I am just a portrait photographer for like in general, you know, that's all I need. I don't. And plus I want it to be super, super, super simple customer facing. I want them to make that as simple as possible. Sign the contract, pick your date, do your things. The same for mini sessions. It flows. Yes. So it's simple for them. They don't have to like be an expert on anything to do it. And so that checked all the boxes for me. I love it. Uh, Do you have a favorite quote? Mm. Bitches get shit done. (laughs) Yes. Oh my God. I love that so much. (laughs) That's my favorite quote now. That's my favorite quote that's been said on this podcast. That's my favorite. Yeah. Listen, Tina Fey, you know, bitches get shit done. And it's true. Absolutely. (laughs) All right. Last question. And this is my favorite question. If you and I were to go grab a drink, where would we in your hometown? So if we were going to go out to E-Town. Okay. Where would we go? And what would we have? Can we have like, can I take, can I make this like a date? Yes. Tell you multiple things. Absolutely. But this is going to be a me edition because I am a disco grandma in myself. Okay. So we, we would probably start off with some snacks first. It could be anywhere, but I definitely need a snack to get started. I like it. Alcohol is up to you. I do drink, but I'm not a huge drinker because I have stuff to do the next day. And when you're 41, like, you know, <laughs> the heartburn is yes. real. The hangovers are real. And so, like, 
if I have a whole week off, that's a little different, but I don't drink too much, but I do love, I'm more of a brunch girly. So we would probably have brunch and we'd have a mimosa. I like it. Okay. Then we would go, I do like to randomly go thrifting when I have time. time. That's a big joy. I don't do it as often as I would like because I don't need anything, but I like the hunt. So we would probably hit a thrift store or Goodwill. Then we would get a coffee. It could be from anywhere. I'm not a loyal coffee person. Like Starbucks is fine. Like, you know, our local coffee shops are fine. We would go to the bookstore. We would definitely get a book. Then we need like (laughs) another snack. I'm more of like, you know, the whole girl dinner thing. Yes. Like girl dinner. Okay. So like, I love a big meal, but I would rather just kind of graze. So we're going to go and get something with cheese on it. Could be whatever you wanted, but I'm a big fan of Sonic. I like cheese fries. We could go get some apps, you know, and we could have a drink there wherever you want that to be. I'm not... I'm not like a, a fancy girl. I would rather go to a little home mall mm-hmm. than anywhere else. I'm a big fan of the restaurants and stuff in Bargetown, actually. E-Town is up and coming. They're getting new stuff. But Bargetown and their food is unmatched, honestly. Their shopping is good. It's not far. It's 20 yeah. minutes. So we would do that. And then we would probably, like, maybe buy some new pajamas. <laughs> This is like the best day ever. I need to give this to my husband and be like, if you want to impress me, follow this guy from Elena. Right. Like we would probably get some like new pajamas or something like that feels mm-hmm. good. It could be a blanket. It could be like some, we need a cozy, a cozy, I love a cozy it. item. Mm-hmm. And then we would go back to my house or yours or whatever, put on cozy items. And sit in silence. Read read book. Book. I love this so much. <laughs> and I have not spent is- any time in Bardstown. My sister lives there. I have not oh, spent any time should. in Bardstown. As far as like experiencing oh, Bardstown. Okay, sis. Just message me and I'll send you. Like it's all so good. Like they have so many new things. They have great bookstores. Like their shopping isn't, I'm going to say like their big box stores aren't there. Right, yeah. But their little mom and pop shops are there. Again, the food is 10 out of 10, 10 out of 10. And plus, it's just a gorgeous, like you could just yeah, walk. Yeah, it's really pretty. Like, you know, it's just, and it's a tiny little town. It's not big. So, and especially if you want to go and just let loose and you don't want to run into like 10,000 people, you know, at Target, which is fine. <laughs> but, you know, like if you don't want that, then I will always go to a neighboring city just to like be. Now, this is a very different date than what I would have told you 10 years right. ago. But this is optimum of who I am now. I love it. You know, especially fall, we would probably stop and get a soup. You Mm -hmm. know, soup mode is almost here. Yes. So I'm really big into soup, but only when it's cold. Yeah, same. If it was cold, we'd definitely get soup. Yeah. It feels Mm -hmm. very fall today. So I was, we're getting a taste of it. (laughs) Mm -hmm. And if you want to get super extra, we would probably get like a bathrobe or a house coat. (laughs) Integral parts of my day. (laughs) I love this so much. (laughs) Oh my goodness. All right. Well, I appreciate... Your conversation, your just all of the tips and and all of the things, your vulnerability here to really share your story. Our audience, absolutely go give her a follow. She's a blast to follow. I love seeing all of the things. Um, So we will. (laughs) Thank you so much. You are very welcome. All right. We will catch you all next time.
Well, that wraps us up for this week. Thank you so much for joining on this episode of the Success Beyond Lens podcast. If you are loving our content, it would mean the world to me if you subscribe to our channel or left us a review. You can always hang out with me on the gram at Success Beyond the Lens. Hope to see you guys next week.